0: Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host here, and I am just so glad that you've decided to uh, tune in today. You're going to have a real treat today. We've got Andy Steiger with us from Apologetics Canada an organization trying to help um you know Christians and non-Christians alike really wrestle through some big questions in life and I'm I'm just so glad to have you uh on the show today Andy.
2: It's good to be with you.
1: Yeah, that's great. So I'm a Canadian as well. Always nice to meet a bald another bald Canadian. That's kind of fun. <laughs> that's a good thing.
2: Well, I'm, a, I'm actually from the United States. Uh oh, Nice. I'm from Portland, Oregon, but I've been living in Canada for 19 years. Right. And I actually came here. nineteen. I I was 19 when I came here. So I am in a bit of an identity crisis. I've I've lived in Canada as long as i lived in the U.S.
1: Nice. That's fun. I did the reverse. I was in uh, New Jersey for eight years, not quite as long as you were in Canada. So um, that's kind of that's a fun deal. So why don't why don't you tell us like so Apologetics Canada, what is it and and what was your motivation for, for starting this?
2: Yeah, I was at Biola University finishing uh, a master's degree, Mm -hmm. and my wife and I were planning on heading out to the mission field, and as we were preparing to do that, and really we were planning on going overseas, Mm -hmm. uh, we began to hear about the number of young people that were leaving the church. Mm -hmm. Now, I had been pastoring for over 10 years at this point, Mm And I, that was news to me, I didn't know that. Right. And that God really began to do a work in me, and, and I wanted to address that issue in mm-hmm. Canada. Mm-hmm. And so, long story short, my wife and I came back to Canada really feeling as missionaries as we started up this organization called Apologetics Canada, right. with the goal of helping churches reach young people. Right. As we began to do that, that kind of morphed and expanded to helping more than just young adults. And and really, to our surprise, uh, God just blessed that ministry. Clearly, there was a need, Mm -hmm. and so it it grew quite rapidly.
1: Yeah, that's very cool. And give me a sense of kind of the scope of your your, your ministry. What kind of stuff do you do?
2: Yeah, we've been creating – one thing that we've been doing is – hosting conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we host the Apologetics Canada Conference in mm-hmm. British Columbia each mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. where we have between one and 2,000 people that come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we also have a, a conference that happens in Barrie and in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then we do speaking engagements across Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, we've been creating resources uh, that we're gonna talk about today, such as the Thinking Series. Yeah, uh, and, and we're actually in the midst of creating a new resource right now with uh, Power to Change, which is mm-hmm. uh, Crew mm-hmm. uh, here in Canada called mm-hmm. the Human Project, so that'll be coming soon. So that that's one of the ways that we kind of resource the church is, mm-hmm. is speaking, you know, hosting conferences, creating resources, mm-hmm. that sort of.
1: Thing. What would you say? You know, so there's a lot of church leaders that that um, you know listen in, although they may. Uh, they may practice apologetics uh, recreationally. It's not their primary. Uh, ro- it's not their primary role. But what would you say are some of the questions that churches really should be looking to answer for folks that you bump into all the time as you're, you know, engaged yeah. in kind of the the apologetics hand to hand combat? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, first off, I would say that the the goal of the Christian should be uh, Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Right? We should go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question, though, is what does it mean to make a disciple? You know, does it mean to go and force people to become, mm-hmm. you know, disciples of Jesus? And, and I think we'd agree, no, that's not what we're seeking to do. Mm. Uh, seeking to go, and actually the word in Greek for make is to go and convince or urge people mm. to become a follower of Jesus, to become a student of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I see apologetics as a tool in that tool mm. belt. of discipleship. Mm -hmm. I would just argue, though, that in our culture today, it's an incredibly valuable tool of discipleship. Mm. Particularly because there's a a lot of people, both in the church and outside of the church, that are wrestling with tough questions in their life. Mm -hmm. And as we began to do this ministry, we began to realize that there were five major questions that young adults were asking, Mm -hmm. and I would just say that people in general were asking.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. The five were these. What's the meaning of life? Mm-hmm. Does God exist? Do all religions lead to God? Why is there evil? And is there life after death? Mm. So uh, what I began to do was I began to uh, host these coffee shop discussions. Mm-hmm. With There was a ministry, actually. I, I, I live in uh, Abbotsford, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. There's a ministry in Vancouver, British Columbia, that was hosting these coffee shop talks. Mm-hmm. They are actually doing Alpha, if you've ever heard yep, of that. Absolutely, yep, yep. But they began to realize that Alpha was great, but people were asking much more fundamental questions that Alpha wasn't addressing. Alpha was assuming too much. Mm. So they said, Andy, would you come in and kind of do a pre-Alpha? Uh, okay, and, yep. and so that's where we started with this whole thinking series is, is kind of laying down more of a foundation. You know, when you're doing dealing with a culture that uh, is is so far removed from Christianity. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of groundwork that needs to be done before you can have some of these other conversations that we'd like to have. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to talk about who God is. They're just not even sure God exists. Right. And so what we did is we used those five questions to share the gospel. (laughs) So each question builds on the next, and together those five uh, are basically become a way of talking about the gospel. (laughs) And what we found was that uh, we would pack out these coffee shops night after night, Having these discussions. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah, that's I, I can totally see that. That makes total sense. One of the things for folks, you know, the vast majority of people who listen to this podcast are in the States, you know, probably 95, 96% of people who are listening in. And, you know, one of the interesting things, and I've said this when I've had other Canadian guests on the show, Canada's an interesting... Uh, Kind of culture for American leaders to consider, because in some ways it's more progressive um, and in some ways it's definitely it's definitely more um, you know non Christian or unchurched uh, environment than than really anywhere in the states. There are a few places, maybe the northeast uh, maybe the Northwest, uh, but even those environments having served in in one of those two you know I would say you take your average community in Canada and it is it is even more um, you know unchurched which which can be a great kind of litmus test for us as we're thinking about leading within, you know, an American context, um, you know, this, this can be a, you know, a great thing. And I love what you've done to kind of lay these out. Why don't we kind of walk through, you know, your logic in pulling together the five, you know, these five questions in order. So what's the meaning of life? You know, does God exist? Do all religions lead to God? Why is there evil? And then is there life after death? Why, why that particular order? What is it that's driving the structure behind that?
2: Yeah. Uh, so it would, you know, just to give you kind of a basic idea. Yeah. Uh, in the first question, what's the the meaning of life? I basically give an argument that uh, the meaning of, of life, according to Jesus Christ, and you see this consistently throughout the entire Bible, is to love God and to love people. This is, it's the Shema of Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. you know, chapter six, that Jesus repeats throughout the Gospels um, as as he includes Deuteronomy six with Leviticus nineteen, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is what, you know, everything this is what life is about. Like God created you for the purpose of relationship with himself. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and, and relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I give an argument for that, both a, a philosophical and a theological argument mm-hmm. for that. But that necessarily you know, that leads to the next question. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the meaning of life, you know, to have a relationship with God, it raises right. the question, does God exist? Right. And so that then leads you to the next one. So then you look at, okay, does God exist? And when you look at the evidence for God's existence, you see that there is good reason to believe that mm-hmm. God exists. Mm-hmm. So that leads you to the next
1: question. Right, okay, great.
2: It's God is this. So do all do all religions lead to God? Right. Um which, by the way, I, I've kind of worded these questions in a way that people were asking them because I had this conversation with Nancy Piercy. She mm-hmm. said, "You yeah, know, Andy, why'd you do that question instead of you know, is there truth or something like that?" Mm. And I said, "Well, because I'm dealing with the question about truth in there, but people tend to ask that question with that with this question. You know, do all religions lead to God? Right. So then, as you look at that question, you you then uh, it nat- it naturally leads you to the next question. Okay, if God does exist, and and mm-hmm. Uh, in Jesus Christ uh, is who he claims to be and you can have mm-hmm. a relationship with God and that is what you were created for, then why isn't that the kind of world we experience? Mm-hmm. Why is there, why do we live in a broken, messed up world of mm-hmm. broken relationships? Broken relationship with God, broken relationship with people. Mm-hmm. So then it leads you to that next question, question why is there evil? Mm-hmm. And then as you begin to look at that question, why is there evil, uh, it, it propels you to this final Question of is there life after death? Mm. Has evil been dealt with? Mm. What's, what's separating me from right relationship with God and right relationship with each other? Very cool. Like <laughs> we define death as is uh, is not you know just you know this idea that you are dying. It's this idea that you are being separated relationally, mm. mm-hmm. being separated relationally from God and from each other. And Jesus makes this point in a prayer that in John chapter seventeen. It's a mm-hmm. great prayer and and in there he says this is eternal life mm-hmm. that they know you mm-hmm. so they might have a relationship with you.
1: Hmm, very cool. I'm going to play a bit of I wanted to say devil's advocate but I don't, that's probably a bad <laughs> I don't know that I want to advocate for the devil, but you know there, there may be church leaders that are listening in today that would say, you know, we, we try to structure our ministry around, um, you know, w- w- the issues that people are are wrestling with today. And the thing I like that you, you know, the way you've kind of set this up is like, hey, here are the questions that people are asking. But there may be a church leader out there today that says, you know what, like the people I interact with, they're like wondering how do I, you know, make sure my kids get to school on time? How do I ensure that I fight less with my wife? You know, how do I ensure that, um, you know, at the End of the month, you know, I there's still a little bit of money left in the in the in the account. Um, you know, what do you say to a church leader who would say, you know, I'm just not sure that you know these kind of large overarching questions are really the questions that the people I'm interacting with are are asking. Um, how what, how would you encourage them uh, to think about engaging these questions in their church? You know, if they're thinking, you know, I'm just not sure that people wrestle with these things.
2: Yeah, great question. Uh, first of all, the thing that I have noticed over the years of hosting these, what we call thinking series, yep. where we come and have these discussions, yep. is that we have never had a problem filling up these these events. Yes, People people come, and that, I think that that speaks volumes to the interest and the need, mm-hmm. is that people are coming. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, that we hear repeatedly is that people are desiring a place to come and to talk about life's big questions in mm-hmm. which they can a have a place to discuss openly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and meet other people, mm-hmm. and then B to get solid answers and then to have an opportunity again to discuss that uh, in a culture, and particularly our technology culture, mm-hmm. where you know we tend to be isolated more and more from one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're finding is a desire to come together and have these these bigger questions. Uh, now, the other thing that I find is if you mm-hmm. look on, you know, and I could give you know. Uh, point to different articles or yeah, different right, 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 right. Yeah, totally. where you see these questions continually popping up right. in pop culture. People right. are asking these right. kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of books that are being written about the fact that university today mm-hmm. doesn't address these questions. There's no place for young mm-hmm. people to go to, yeah, yeah. to wrestle yeah. with the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the church of all places should be a place that people can come mm-hmm. and to get solid answers on that. Mm-hmm. More than that, I would say that these aren't just questions. This is about the heart of the gospel. Right. Right. And we've already seen the uh, the stats that are telling us about the number of people that are walking away from their faith. And mm-hmm. when we look at why they've walked away from the faith, mm-hmm. one of the biggest reasons that they have is because they said that the church did not deal with the big questions that they were wrestling with. Right. Right. And and so to me again that, that tells me, mm-hmm. okay, church, we have to address these foundational questions that people mm-hmm. are wrestling with. Mm-hmm.
1: Now you've actually packaged this all up into a into a series called The Thinking Series. You referenced it there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that resource and how are churches or organizations using, you know, this tool?
2: Yeah, so it's currently being used across Canada and yep. the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh it's two parts. There is a video part and mm-hmm. there is a book. Mm-hmm. The video, what it does, and I created this again for churches, mm-hmm. is it has a short video that's about three minutes long mm-hmm. that we f- we filmed it in Vancouver, Nepal, and and and. Uh, Around here Mm -hmm. uh, and in Nepal, Mm -hmm. but each question has uh, a short story Mm -hmm. that raises the question in a way that people are asking it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the crucial part. You Mm -hmm. know, we're not just dealing with these philosophical stuff here. We're talking about like how are people actually wrestling with this. Mm -hmm. So that first video, three minutes, gets you you know what here's the question, and then it leads into a time of discussion. And this, from our research. Is critical. Mm-hmm. People want to come and just have a discussion mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And then the second video is about 12 to 15 minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's the teaching portion. You can use my teaching portion, or you could do the teaching portion yourself. Right. Uh, and then after that, you do uh, discussion again. Mm-hmm. Now, where we have found churches using this and to be really effective is two ways. Mm-hmm. You can use it three ways, actually. Mm-hmm. You could um, you could host it at your church and mm-hmm. have um, non, you have Christians bringing their their ne- their neighbors to mm-hmm. come and dialogue on these questions, which we find really effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing that you could do is host this at your community group. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of community groups use this as, as a resource to go through. Mm-hmm. And the third thing you could do is um, you could be much more evangelistic about this. You could go into your community and host your own coffee shop conversation mm-hmm. and get yourself. Um, out there talking with non-Christians. Mm-hmm. I've done I've done this in prisons, universities, coffee shops, uh, like you name it mm-hmm. we we've done this and it's been very effective.
1: Hmm. That's very cool. The thing I appreciate um yeah I would encourage people to check out the website thinkingseries.com um which you know gives a good overview and you can access everything there. The thing I love about what you've done is um you know these aren't like talking head videos. It's like you know they're engaging, they're great to look at, they're draw you know they really are trying to draw people in. They're um you know they're designed to um I think set up the question really well. I think you have done a very good job with that. Yeah. Um that and that you know I think if if anyone you know who communicates knows that's 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 you know 90% of the battle can we kind of get everybody on the same page we have people from a wide variety of backgrounds let's get on the same page kind of this is what we're talking about today um you know these could be great tools for for folks and and don't for american listeners don't be scared that it's paul canada it's not like a bunch of guys in like playing hockey and you know <laughs> going to tim hortons it's you know these are you know they're very accessible uh resource for sure so
2: Rich, that that was actually one of the things that we learned in making the videos was uh, the production company that was making them. First of all, we wanted to make them artistically excellent. But second, uh, as we were asking the questions, mm-hmm. you know, the, the video company came back to us and said, you know, my friend asked this question harder than you're asking it. Mm. And so we went back and said, OK, you know what, we're not going to sugarcoat any of this. We're going to ask these questions. Better than other people are asking right, them right and what we found is that really gave us credit with non-christians Is that they were like wow you can ask that question as well if not better than I can I'm interested to see how you're gonna answer it mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's great. I, you know, there's another um, Again, just to underline I think for for leaders that are that are listening in today. There's another um, Canadian leader a guy by the name of Bruxy Cavey who's in the Toronto area who every Sunday yeah. Uh, at the end of all of his talks um, and of all of his messages does open forum Q&A where, um, you know, anybody that's in the room that day can ask a question or you can text in a question from one of their locations. And, you know, that, again, I think there's something about the question thing. It is, you know, and I had this conversation with Brooks around that once where, you know, I, I was saying to him, like, listen, it's, 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 it's notional. You know, there'll be 1,500 people in the room. You'll take two questions. It's not like, you know, you're not actually answering everyone's questions. Why do you keep doing that? And he said, you know, it, it, what it does is it communicates to the broader audience that like, no question is off off. Um, you know, is, is a bad question here, we're willing to answer, you know, whatever that is. And um, if you, if you know it and they sure enough, you do get real zingers where people it's either super personal or like well thought out or um, you know, and, and, and that does create a culture and environment where you communicate to people who don't normally go to church that hey, um, this is an okay spot, and so that 's what I love about what you 've done here i think you've you 've done a very good job trying to set it up and make it so it 's you know as accessible as possible. if people wanted to kind of. There may be church leaders who are listening and they say, you know what, I'm interested in this kind of thing. Um, In fact, I may even be interested in like the coffee shop thing. That may be the best place for it rather than in like a, you know, a a scenario that's within our building. Maybe there's another way to do that. As you've done those in a lot of different contexts, what would be some of the things to be thinking through, you know, even just you know, tactically around locations or that sort of things that, you know, and again, this is, we're gonna scratch the surface here. I'm sure there's a lot of lessons on that, but if you were thinking about hosting them outside the church as really a way to reach people in your community, what are some of the lessons you've learned in that?
2: Yeah, uh, good question. Uh, first of all, uh, one of the things that we've learned, research tells us uh, that people are looking for places to come and have discussions. In fact, in the United States, one of the most rapid growing discussions is called death cafes. Uh, when I was in Los Angeles, um, doing my master's degree there, they were very wildly popular, uh, and you see that kind of has kind of spread. Uh, those are interesting though, because they very they limit the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can talk about certain things, can't talk about other things. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we did when we created uh, these these discussions was when we hosted them at a coffee shop. One of the things that we'd do is we'd have live music often, mm-hmm. that we'd be trying to create a commu- like an atmosphere mm-hmm. where people can you know sit, meet new people, mm-hmm. talk you know have discussions, and then we were we were willing to let the conversation go anywhere mm. you know we were we weren't trying to you know limit you know ha- what was going to happen with that conversation and sometimes you know people brought up really bizarre right. stuff <laughs> right you know and that just that happened right. but it created for some really good genuine dialogue and people felt like they were heard mm-hmm. and we found that that was was really important mm. Uh, one of the other things that we did is we had discussion cards, and mm-hmm. on those discussion cards, let people know about resources that they could go and learn more about that topic if that uh, that interested them. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that we did is we would tie in these coffee shop talks with a local church, so mm-hmm. that at the end of it, maybe it ended at Easter time, right. and we would have the last. You know, we would encourage people to go to that church, mm-hmm. or you know, you, there's different ways that you can tie it in so that um, these that these people can then get you know connected into a local church at the end of it or or during it and we found that that was very successful Hmm. uh one of the other things that we need to do is to help um young to help people know that it's a safe place to to bring their non-christian friend right uh you know or somebody who's wrestling with questions Mm -hmm. and that they'll be heard Mm -hmm. uh that they're that they'll be respected Mm -hmm. and that uh uh, and and that it will be you know it's a safe environment for them mm-hmm. so I mean those are just a few things if you go to thinkingseries.com, uh we've put a whole um, packet together that mm-hmm. tells basically everything we've learned on the do's and don'ts yeah uh, one of the, like for example one of the here I'll tell you one of the don'ts that we yeah. learned <laughs> is one of the things that we don't do is we don't quote atheists any longer oh, so when I, I I don't I don't positively quote them or negatively what we found was people were so skeptical of us using one of their people, if you will, if they were atheists. Most just came as agnostics. Mm -hmm. uh, That... That it just was never helpful. Right. So we ended up, we, that's one thing we don't do.
1: Yeah, very cool. Well, I'd really encourage people to jump in and, uh, you know, to, to check out thinkingseries.com. Uh, I think this is a great resource for your church and, you know, something you should really consider. Is there any other way, if people want to get in touch with you, Andy, uh, you know, that they can do that? Um, or is that really the place we want to send them to today?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they have any questions, uh, they can contact us at info at apologeticscanada.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would love to hear uh, from them and help in any way that we can. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that we do on that resource mm-hmm. is if you're hosting the Thinking Series, uh, you can see on thinkingseries.com where the series is being hosted mm-hmm. uh, in, in the United States and in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, it gets hosted in Europe as well, in South Africa mm-hmm. and different places. So you can see that on there and we would encourage you to post on there. Uh, if you're going to host the series, and and uh, it's a way to let other people go, I'd also encourage them uh, to make sure that they're posting it on social media. Nice, that's great. I appreciate
1: being on the show today, uh, and you know, and thank you for all the great work you're doing, Andy.
2: Yeah, thank you, Rich. It's good to be with you.